welcome to the Scottish podcast by Scottish people about Scottish things. We're three lifelong friends and displaced Scotsmen who get together to talk about our homeland, the weird stuff that happens there, and to remind us why we are the way we are. Welcome to This'll Do Nicely. Hello everybody and welcome to today's story with Rory. I am Rory and I am joined by my two best friends in the world, Jonathan and Christopher. Three Musketeers are back together. The boys are back in town. The, the three is a magic number. <laughs> uh, Anymore? Anymore? Three sides to make a triangle. That's what they say. Yes. Yeah. That's the end. This will do, lads. This will do nicely. <laughs> Stop being so obtuse, Rory. Hey. Uh, yeah. Uh, you doing all right, Rory? You okay? Uh, yeah, pretty good. I'm all right. I survived. Yeah. Um, we missed you. In, yeah, what doesn't, you know, kill you and almost take your entire leg off may just give you a lifelong disease. So, Do you want us to read all the lovely messages we got from, from the readers to you about your Yeah, I, I don't know if we've got time, let me Johnny. Just, to, let me just check. Yeah, I, it's probably oh. going to be too many. We probably shouldn't. I, no, I'll, and have also, quite, I'll have a quick look. It's okay. Let maybe just open the email. not all, because like, if we don't have time <laughs> to get to all of them, it's unfair to the ones that we don't get have time to get to. So I just feel like we probably shouldn't do any at all. Just hit and refresh again yeah. in case it's not up update it yeah. seems like no i no no it's a so bit like no there's no i, I was here. i was worried that um there would be too many so i, I just right. had an auto delete <laughs> the filter the mailbox. yeah 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 fair enough. i didn't want to like blow it's up the, the mailbox so I, I deleted everything um yeah no That's it was i would say um i think the official stance of thistle do nicely is anti-lyme disease and anti-ticks <laughs> That's that's what I'm gonna say going forward. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm glad that you've waived your Hippocratic oath, or sorry, your HIPAA. Uh, <laughs> Hippocratic oath is if you're a doctor, right? Um, if you're you've waived your HIPAA to this is going to become like a PD um, PSA, a sort of a public disclaimer uh, on Lyme disease and what you should do service if you announcement. get Lyme. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. PSA, PDA. I was going to say PDA, but that's, that's public not right display either. of affection. I, I mean, <laughs> we could maybe we could make right it that you know. if you want, but I don't know if I don't know if you can pass on Lyme disease via deep tonguing. Wow, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> not expecting that phrase so early in the podcast. Been off for a week. I'm, I'm wow. coming back excited. Coming in hot. Yeah, <laughs> deep tonguing. Um, that's not just the fever. <laughs> so this is all going to be about the origins of lyme disease in (laughs) scotland correct and how it's a scottish disease i mean there's a strong i was in scotland for like four days and there's a strong chance that's where i got it it's the only time i was outside my mum is convinced that the timeline doesn't stack up for that uh she thinks that you've been bitten by something while you were back in new york and i can only assume that means you were bitten by a giant rat so I'm sorry, just remind me again. What is your your mum's medical qualifications? She's watched an awful lot of ER. That's okay. Good. Right. Yes. Fine. Probably Grey's. I mean, uh, probably Grey's Anatomy. I'd imagine she's as qualified as like the random punters in the hospital that were coming up to me and just saying, "Definitely spider bite." I don't know, <laughs> mate. It looks like a bee sting. Are you allergic to bees? 
I don't know. Like just why are you why are you just hanging about in a hospital with uh, with your leg out with random people coming up to you? What's <laughs> going on? Are you are you are you sure you weren't at Coney Island and like the freak show bit? <laughs> well, I was behind glass and people kept on slipping me dollar bills. But Do I, uh, have you not been slipping bearded women an ER? Uh, recently, or at least an ER, like an emergency room in New York, is no, thankfully, like not. a war zone. It's insane. You're just lying out in the middle of the the hall. There's no zero privacy. Yeah, thanks Biden. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Bloomberg, Mayor and, Adams. Yeah, Matt Adams. I couldn't remember his De Blasio. Name. My favorite bit of this story was yeah. Rory and I met up shortly after that when he was on his <laughs> road to recovery and we're sat in a little cafe in pretty close proximity, I would say, to some other tables and <laughs> talking quite loudly about both having recently had COVID and meeting like an infectious disease <laughs> doctor. Just thinking <laughs> these people are going to be like, um, can we move tables, please? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, to, to give the, the readers a little bit of background. So basically, I had a massive rash on my leg, which was spreading at an incredible rate so i end up having to go to the doctors um and they're pretty convinced i have lyme disease but um apparently lyme disease is a big deal so if any of the readers are out there you get yeah doesn't doesn't Gigi hadid have lyme disease isn't that uh, or bella hadid one of the hadids um, like it's a quite a good celebrity disease to have really oh, okay cool i will yeah i think so i think it's very in uh, i believe i should start tweeting about it yeah. maybe maybe we'll People start following me. I'll get that Lyme disease yeah, audience. You should, yeah, definitely. Well, there's definitely Lyme disease podcasts out there yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, if you're bitten by a tick, I'll look one. I'll, I'll look it up right now while you're talking about <laughs> yourself. Keep an eye on it, readers. This is this is Rory's medical corner, and it's I say <laughs> if you get the bullseye rash anywhere on your body, go and get on antibiotics because you could die otherwise the end <laughs> yeah there is there's uh there's That's looking the end at of lyme, your pda uh thanks by the canadian lyme disease foundation so that looks i like don't know the most popular one how even even in this episode we managed to bring that feckin canadians into this <laughs> then That's there's uh, oh, this one's not been updated since uh, september 7th 2021 so i hope nothing's bef- did they cure it? this person off uh, she might succumb to it. Oh. Uh, Lime Voice with uh, Sarah Schlichty. Uh, sorry if I've mispronounced you there, shit, Sarah. There's lots of Lyme disease podcasts. Oh. I've just Googled um, yeah. what famous people have or had Lyme disease. Apparently Avril Lavigne had some sort of tick-borne illness. That Shania Twain. There you go. Alec Baldwin. What? Ben oh. Stiller. Wow. Well, the list goes on. I'm in good company. Wow. Let's, let's say that. Oh. There you go. Well, look, yeah. boys, from... We're glad you're alive, Rory. <laughs> Thanks. On behalf of all Shania Swain says, that don't impress me much. <laughs> Man, I feel like I've got a swelling in my lower leg. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, so from one disease to... Is that, is that Lyme disease or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> but wait, I'm doing an incredible segue. From one disease to a viral sensation. We, oh, that's good, that's good. We're talking yeah. about Susan Boyle today. 
uh yeah we're entering the boiler room guys i hope we're gonna lance that boil i hope you're well hydrated get 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 the tea bags out the kettle's boiled anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's toil with boil uh do you know one of her nicknames when she first rose to fame was the hairy angel (laughs) i mean that's a little bit cruel right (laughs) I mean, we will discover just quite how offensive the the British press can be and people in general. Um, But yeah, I thought that she obviously had the nickname Subo, but the hairy, the hairy angel, that was that one was rough. She was quite hairy to start. I mean, but that is that is pushing it. I mean, Uh, (laughs) what do you what do you guys remember about Susan Boyle? Just remember it, a lot soil. of it coming around X Factor, right? Is X Factor or Pop Idol or one of them? I believe it was Britain's Got Talent. Oh, Britain's That's Got right. Talent, sorry. Yeah. One of those yeah. shows. And she, I think she's sort of a good example of relatively overnight shot to fame where she went and auditioned on the show and literally became a sensation. I mean, I guess in Britain, but maybe further abroad i i don't think she's a good example i think she is the archetype she is the perfect example of that of literal overnight success overnight fame yeah yeah and i i remember her as being basically the act that put britain's got talent on the map like i remember it being a bit more of a i mean x factor had been around for a bit and it's basically the same people but i think um, yeah that was the one that kind of took it into the uh stratosphere yeah, uh, it's popularity. Yeah, because like Pop Idol, <laughs> X Factor, all that type of stuff have been around, and then Britain's Got Talent. And then there's there's like various international versions of it. So everything, I think everybody will know the equivalent. There's definitely America's Got Talent. I'm sure there's like Australia's Got Talent. Yes. There's probably not a Canada's Got Talent, just you know for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, but I so like people know what the show is. And then she came on, she she was in the third season, and she became a, a viral sensation and has had an incredible career because of it. Um, and I think mainly it's because of, well, I, I guess let's just watch the her edition. This is the, the edition from like, excuse me, 2008. Uh, or was it 2009? Yeah, t- 2009 was when it aired. And uh, with this, she just became uh, an overnight sensation. But, like, I'm going to share it for you. And uh, for the readers, obviously, this will be um, on the show notes. So watch along. But we'll just be, obviously, listening to it here. Can you guys see this? Yeah. Yep. What's your name, darling? My name is Susan Boyle. Okay, uh, Susan, and where are you from? I am from Blackburn near Bathgate, West Lothian. It's a big town. I'm just going to pause real quick. (laughs) Uh, So the situation here, she's obviously come out. She looks like... Frumpy. She's frumpy. Frumpy is a perfect word for it. She's a bit awkward looking. She's got a bit of a weird perm. Uh, She basically, she comes out to like... Um, 
<laughs> fat guy music, basically. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the it's like um, in Family Guy when they oh, decide uh, oh Peter has a, a tuba player following him around. <laughs> yes. It's like that. Yes. It's all it's all like a classic Britain's Got Talent production yeah. setup thing. It's like yeah. it's even the weird things of um, her her number that like all the the contestants get a number and her sticker is across her cleavage. It's just <laughs> it's just awkwardness through and through. And, you know, obviously these shows are all about, you know, some young person coming on and doing dancing or, or singing some pop song and all this type of stuff. So she just doesn't fit into the standard mold of what you would expect to be on this type of show. And then she's coming out up against the three judges are Simon Cowell. I think he's probably internationally famous right now. Everybody knows him. Amanda Holden. Uh, who is she? She was like a British pop um, soap star. She's an actress. Yeah. She's an actor. Yeah, I think she was a soap star. Yeah. yeah. And then Piers Morgan, who, although he was a bit famous around this time, I'm convinced this was his golden ticket to international stardom. What year was this again? Yes. It, this was his golden ticket because I've read his uh, diaries and he credits this show with giving him that mm-hmm. international right. edge. Uh, so, it's- so we can blame Britain's Got Talent for him. <laughs> I've I've watched just far too much Piers Morgan over the past couple of weeks. <clears throat> he he does things like hosts the documentaries about her life, and I again those documentaries are hugely popular, watched by like millions of people around the world. And I think that's another reason why people kind of forgive. Like he's quite nice throughout this entire his association with Susan Boyle. He actually seems quite nice and quite normal. And I think that's why part of the reason why people get to know him and you hear my household name. But right. Anyway. Do you know? Sorry, before you click no, play yeah. again, the you said this is like the third season of the show. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Do you, Do you know who had won the last two? Like, what was the sort of caliber of act that was coming out of it? So the first one was a guy. Um, his name was Paul Potts. Oh, Which, oh yeah, I remember yeah. that rings a bell. Yeah, he was an opera singer. Yes, he worked at the Carphone Warehouse. Yes, he was a <laughs> mobile phone guy. Yeah, uh, I just I, I I vaguely remembered his face when I saw a photo of him, but I didn't remember his name being Paul Potts. And it just I was like, wait, Paul Pot? What? What? Oh no, wait, no, Paul Potts. <laughs> um, That's right. I remember. Very bizarre, but um, yeah, he won the first one, and then uh, I don't remember who came second. Got it. Uh, I genuinely think it was like a dancing dog or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, inevitably. I think a dancing dog has one Britain's Got Talent. I, like, that's really depressing, but I, I mean, I kind of get it. I <laughs> it was a really good dancing dog. dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good dancing dog. Uh, and then, yeah, this is the third season. And I think Paul Potts is pretty popular. Um, Leona Lewis might have won the second season. No, she was X Factor. Was George, X-Factor? George Sampson? Don't remember him. Apparently one season two. Do you know who George yeah. Sampson is, Chris? No, no idea. No. <laughs> so let's get back. Okay, so oh, all right. but that make you, no, you're, you guys are making the point though that you that these people have I think Paul Potts was relatively successful in like Christmas albums and things like that. Yeah. But they faded into obscurity quite quickly. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of part of the yeah. the point. And I couldn't name one other winner since the boiler. Um, the dancing dog. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's a sort of collection of 
It's a collection of uh, villages. Had to think there. And how old are you, Susan? I am 47. <laughs> and that's just <laughs> one side of me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is so. She's now she's up. She's gyrating on stage. There's like massive eye rolls, like Cowell and uh, Morgan. Obviously, are just like, who is this nutter that we've got on stage? I, I know that it was a when she says her age, like he just looks like. Well, there's no point in her even being on here. They've already dismissed her. It's definitely yeah, got that ages. like undertone of of all these shows where they're like. Clearly not saying it out loud, but looking for the, like the young, beautiful thing to become a pop star. And actually, the minute there's not, they do that thing Chris was saying of like, play some funny music, make them walk yeah. in funny. And it's like, oh, it's all these tropes of setting it up for a failure. And then, well, we'll see what happens, I guess. And then you got Ant and Deck just doing their thing. <laughs> okay, what's the dream? I, I'm trying to be a professional singer. And why hasn't it worked out so far, Susan? So the audience is literally laughing at her. Before, but he's hoping it'll change. Okay, and who would you like to be as successful? She's as? very confident, Page. right? Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to sing tonight? I'm going to sing "I Dreamed a Dream" from the Miserables. Okay. Big song. <laughs> yeah. Yes. People are just gobsmacked. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Ant or Dick. <laughs> oh, they're on their feet already. Brilliant. Uh, look at Piers Morgan, most emotion he's ever shown. Just seeing the money in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's also cynical. It's just all, it, we're all just falling for the production value again. It's devastatingly cynical. But this is a full standing ovation now. This is in Glasgow as well. It's Glasgow audience. What is it? Yeah, they that. don't get those for much. Run <laughs> yourself, Suzanne! Subo! Subo!
I mean, it's a pretty good audition, you gotta say. I mean, look, not to be too. I'm trying to avoid being cynical, but it's pretty magical. <laughs> she starts to walk off. That's great. So it's just everything about this. Susan Piers. Without a doubt, that was the biggest surprise I have had in three years on this show. When you stood there with that cheeky grin and said, I, I want to be like Elaine Page, everyone was laughing at you. No one is laughing now. That was stunning. An incredible performance. Amazing. I'm reeling from shock about you two, but... I am so thrilled because I know that everybody was against you. I honestly think that we were all being very cynical and I think that's the biggest wake-up call ever. And I just want to say that it was a complete privilege listening to that. It was instant-brilliant. I knew the minute you walked out... How good. How good. Very good job. Something extraordinary, and I was right. He's a pro cowboy, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely pro. Not a lot of touch. Yeah. Susan, you are a little tiger, aren't you? Such a creep. You are. Okay. Okay. So, I know that was long. Oh, it's a lovely wee fade out. Yeah, I know that was long, but there's a lot to go on there. There's a lot to take in. Um. Yeah. So. Just so we obviously watched that on YouTube over the, the the Zoom here, and I don't know if you guys notice how many views that has, but as of today, oh whoa, we're at two hundred and fifty-eight million views. Wow! Um, in two thousand and nine, I've got a YouTube channel too, everyone. If you could just like and subscribe, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit behind, so just yeah. Guy, yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, he did a video with uh, uh, traffic light the other day. It was really good. <laughs> really good. Yeah, there's probably one or two videos of him playing his guitar. Never fucking. Stopped. I need. To, I need. He's got, he's got a tiny little piano, guys. It's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it's it's 2009. It was the biggest. It was the most viewed YouTube uh, clip of all time. Uh, with by the end of it, it had something like 120 million views by the end of 2009. The second biggest uh, clip watched on YouTube, I can't remember what it was, but it had 37 million views. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Charlie bit my finger. Something like that, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just to get to the point of like what we were talking about, like she was an immediate overnight sensation. Um, with huge international kind of uh, appeal and all that type of stuff. And it all kind of came from that audition. But let's She go. didn't actually win. She didn't actually win Britain's Got Talent, did she? Uh, spoiler alert. But yes, no, she didn't. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. No, everybody knows what? that. She didn't. She came second. Um, to the enough. dancing dog, right? The dog, yeah. It was to diversity. Oh. Oh. Yes. You remember them? Like a dance, yes, yeah, but I think yes. have been somewhat successful. I think they were relatively successful these days. They're doing a lot of pantos. How many views have they got? Right, but it's uh, not the same. I, they, I saw one of them did. Uh, one of them did Celebrity Bake Off, and he was quite good. Yeah, oh. good. so they, you know. they seemed like lovely people. But um, I, I feel the problem with them is their name is 
too it's bad for seo i kept on trying to find videos of them and it just kept on taking me to like diversity training programs um <laughs> or the like instead of just finding the dance troupe dance-based um, diversity training programs <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, I was i learned a lot uh okay <laughs> let's go all the way back and find out where this charming voice of an angel lady came from uh so susan magdalene boyle was born april 1st 1961 in Blackburn, uh, west of Lothian, uh, which is kind of like, it's almost dead center of Scotland. It's pretty much in between Glasgow and Edinburgh, uh, which I think we say that every city is, but or small town. West of East Lothian. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but it is just a tiny little town, not much going on there. Um, she was born to Bridget, uh, more affectionately known as Bridie, uh, who was a typist, and Patrick Boyle, who was a minor. Um, she was the youngest of four brothers and five sisters. Um, so a big Ooh, family, wow. all living in one house together, one wee house. And there's a point in the documentary where she basically, like the four brothers lived in one tiny room, uh, slept in one tiny room, like in bunk beds, all the girls in another room, and then the mum and dad in the third room. Like that's how small the wee council house that they grew up in was. Um, and there were complications at birth um, when, when Susan was born and it led to her being diagnosed with brain damage um, and they said this was due to being starved of oxygen at birth and it's kind of oh. throughout her childhood she carried this monkey or this this um, diagnosis of brain damage but in 2013 um, she finally like met some I don't want to say proper doctors but other doctors who told her that she'd been misdiagnosed her entire life and she actually was just had Asperger's syndrome so she was effectively on the autism spectrum and they say that right although there may have been complications at birth she wasn't as they called her brain damaged she just had this and I I don't know enough about Asperger's or anything but I think it's basically like a, a social I don't know I'm not even yeah I always I always thought that she was Asperger's or or on, on the on the spectrum I, I didn't realize that they had yeah so that's her diagnosed her as as that yeah so in t- her entire life she always thought she was literally brain damaged and then she found out just mm. in 2013 so only a few years ago that's what, what wow. was actually uh, that's a long had. time to be misdiagnosed i mean what, yeah. she would have been 50 by then yeah and you you read yeah. all like all the articles you read about her it still says that she was started auction at birth that she had brain damage all this type of stuff it's only obviously the later ones that have corrected themselves. It's, it's bonkers. And it also seems really unfortunate because I think because of her uh, struggles with like social cues and just socializing in general, she was horribly bullied at school. Like everybody, it gets talked, to like, uh, uh, talked about a lot. And she explains, that I think, later on in like the Britain's Got Talent show and all this type of stuff that, you know, um, she struggled in, in school, but she gets a bit more into it and she starts talking about how it was like a lot of psychological stuff, but a lot of physical stuff. There was like girls in her school that were like putting cigarettes out on her and things like that, like really Ugh, kind of awful. vicious things that she was going through. Um, so I think that coupled with uh, the Asperger's, she kind of shut down and kind of didn't socialize a lot with people of her own age. 
Um, but luckily, her dad was a singer, and Susan described herself as coming from a musical family. So she really kind of lent into that passion, into music and into singing. She was singing in her local church. Um, she would enter local talent contests. She would uh, perform in school plays and musicals and things like that. Um, so something like Johnny, you said that she was pretty confident on stage, and that's because of because mm. she'd been doing it in her entire life. And at the beginning of her rise to fame, a lot of people were giving her shit for being this like overnight sensation, not putting the work or the time into it. Um, that she was just like a not a one trick pony, but a bit of a just a, a flash in the pan. Whereas you kind of look into it a little bit more. She had been working towards this. This has always been her dream, always been something that she'd, she'd been trying to do. She had uh, voice coaches. Um, she practiced her art and all that type of stuff. And also she partially made a living by uh, singing karaoke and getting paid in drinks down at her local pub. I, <laughs> that really appealed to me. Um, but no one ever pretty- pays us in drinks when we do karaoke. So... <laughs> I mean, I, should we read anything into that? <laughs> I've just had an image in my head of her doing that and then Biffy Clyro being the next <laughs> act on stage just in their with their really, really heavy metal. Her looking appalled at the side. I I mean, yeah, it, it would be the exact same pub as the one we talked about in Biffy Clyro. Um, <laughs> so, like we said, like she had been putting herself out there a lot. Um, she'd be going into doing these talent shows and all this type of stuff, but she was also putting herself on TV. Um, in 1995, she was on Michael Barrymore's My Kind of People TV show. Um, how how do we describe Michael Barrymore, guys? <laughs> um, complicated legacy. I think yeah. that's accurate. He was uh, just a TV presenter, right? Just a... Uh, uh, yeah, he was kind of like a variety was, sort of TV presenter guy. He, the- he was arguably the top British TV presenter in the um, 1990s for prime time. And then a yes. uh, man died in his swimming pool. Uh, <laughs> Under <laughs> after suspicious circumstances. Yes. Suspicious circumstances. And funnily enough, his career never really was the same. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair, right? I think that's accurate. I think that's, yes, sufficient to not get as, you know... And probably shouldn't say any more for legal reasons. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to show this clip. Uh, Obviously, it's from 1985. This is actually what looks like somebody is recording on a camcorder. Her audition for this Michael Barrymore show, My Kind of People, which is on YouTube. It's just bizarre. He's just mugging around in the background. All right, let's wait until we get through this ad. So she's dressed a bit weird, her hair's a bit weird, uh, but she's got a beautiful voice. And this is Michael Barrymore. Oh man. For the audience, he's lying on his back, basically trying to slide himself under her skirt and look up her skirt. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah. That is really creepy. And that's like, it, the whole thing's just super bizarre. She's trying to sing. He's dancing around and, like I said, mugging her off in the background. Wow, this is so weird. It's so weird. Um, so she's singing wet. Like, it's not like she's being a joke act. Like, right. It's sort of, the whole thing's bizarre. He's just clowning around. Yeah. 
So she's up there. She's got obviously got a good voice. She's singing well, and he's been a massive creep all around her. And I guess the reason I wanted to bring it up is just I think it's a good representation of the same sort of the the attitude and the treatment that she got yeah. when she first walked out on stage in Britain's Got Talent. Like she's been dealing with that shit her entire life, and he does the same thing. Um, so she's on this. She's putting herself out there. She's on the show in 1995. Um, she's even recording stuff. She's like kind of saving up money, um, recording songs and sending them off to record companies and to talent agencies. 1999, she recorded a cover of Crimea River for Music for the Millennium Celebration Charity CD by Sound of West Lothian. Um, so it was basically this charity CD that was made up of a bunch of different like Scottish songs and uh, Scottish singers and different like that's obviously a blues song, um, a bunch of different songs, um, which, you know, as you guys know, I'm always just impressed by people able to achieve things you know, with Y2K looming over them. So it's great that she was able to record for posterity in case the entire world in case, collapsed. Never, never. Uh, she was able to record sense, a cover yeah. of Crimea River for the millennium. Um, so there was only a thousand copies of the CD printed. And they're all Y2K because they were worried about exactly. the printing presses. Yeah, the, 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 that was it was that printing press was the only one that was taken down by the millennium bug. Um and let me tell you a thing or two about Bugs Boys. <laughs> I just want to take 10 or 20 minutes to talk about ticks. Okay, everybody, if you're walking in long grass or you have a dog, make sure you're checking every... We're not a professional Lyme disease <laughs> podcast. I just reeled off a whole bunch that people can go to. Uh, this is irresponsible of you. I Look, I'm just fighting the good fight here. I don't want people to go I don't want you to turn out to be the RFK junior of Lyme disease and just spread misinformation. <laughs> look, just go onto our website and you can get your anti-tick spray for only $19.99. Made of silver. <laughs> just rub it on all affected areas and it will 100% guaranteed rid you of Lyme disease. Tickle do um, nicely. <laughs> Why won't Walmart stock it? Why won't Walmart stock the thistle do nicely silver tick disease spray? I'm not saying boycott Walmart. <laughs> what don't they want you to know? Um, <laughs> all right, so she recorded this charity album. A thousand of them were printed, and so they're obviously a massive collector's item. Item now. I was able to find one on eBay going for two thousand pounds right now. Uh, Still, so yes. did you buy it? Still, wow. yes, uh, I did not buy it. It looked garbage. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if you can get a hold of one, you're listening to Ticked Off with Rory Angus. I <laughs> oh, man, I should make a TikTok account just all about ticks. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> this God. is the TikTok tick account. I really wish we hadn't been. Uh, I really wish we hadn't been like like messing around so much because I'm about to get into the dead parent section of the, the, oh, no. the story. Oh god, Christ. damn it! Why does this always happen? Uh, just put a clip in between now and then, just something, just to level out. <laughs> so she's living at home. All her siblings have left home, so she stays there. Uh, unfortunately, her father dies in the nineties, um, and she is basically working in charity shops. She spends a lot of time unemployed. She's on benefits a lot. She does a lot of volunteering for her church. 
so active in that community. And a lot of the reason that she's unemployed, she can't keep down a full job, is that um, her mum uh, eventually requires full-time care. And that's what Susan does. She becomes a full-time care for her mum. And then 2007, um, her mum unfortunately dies at, at the age of 91. So she had a good long life. You know, she multiple kids, um, died at a ripe old age of 91. And one of her final wishes was for Susan to follow her dream and really try and become a professional singer. And it was kind of a case of, you know, her, she felt like her responsibilities had left her at this point. She now had, um, you know, she obviously had to process her, her uh, mum's death. But then after that, that's when she decided that she would try for season three of Britain's Got Talent. And the show was obviously huge. She was very much inspired by Paul Potts, the uh, the winner from the first season, like we said, who became a, a opera singer. Um, so August of the murderous 2000- dictator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, August of two thousand eight, he she went to the auditions in Glasgow in. Well, I know it's the Armadillo. I can't. What's it actually called? Is that the Science Centre? The SEC C. Scottish oh. Exhibition and Conference Centre, or is that just what the, the Armadillo? Is? I think they're all part of that same thing. All right. Well, in Maybe. Glasgow, we've got like a a fake Sydney Opera House uh, that looks like an armadillo. Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was just called the Armadillo. Is that just its nickname? I think. Yeah, I think, I think so. It's I think it's got an actual name. Yeah. Anyway, um, so she went That's there. Next week's episode, folks. Yeah, all about the the whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so she's in Glasgow. Um, she had to take six buses to get there. She apparently got lost on the way. And it, so it was just a bit of a nightmare. She went there by herself. Ant and Deck talk about how she's basically sitting in the corner quietly, not talking to anybody. And again, she's obviously awkward in social situations as much as she does have confidence in the stage. And she is quite funny and quite cheeky. You'll see in a lot of other interviews. Um, I think generally, you know, she's quite a quiet, reserved person. And so they, even before she'd walked on stage, it kind of dismissed her as just a nothing somebody who wasn't going to really factor into the show at all. And then she walks on, and as we said, she's she's a bit older than the type of person you would expect to be a pop sensation. She's frumpy looking, she's awkward, she's got bad hair, all this type of stuff. Um, and she's just this, like, you know, not the archetype of, of what they expect. And then she goes on and she sings Le Miserable, um, I dream a dream. Should we play the clip again? Yeah, let's cool. just play the entire five <laughs> minutes. Actually, there's an extended version I'm just going to play. Oh, that God. made me think a lot of it. Like, I wonder who was on after her. They must have just left. Yeah. <laughs> like, I forget it. It was a dancing dog. He yeah, would have yeah. done it. He would have gone the whole way <laughs> if uh, it wasn't for fucking Susan Boyle. It was a, it was a dancing dog that sang, actually, from <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> and I think, I think... You know, there's, and we can talk about this a little bit later, like why she became so popular. But I do think that song is very important of like her going up, following her dream, singing that song, which obviously is very important to her. And she truly emotes it. And as we heard or saw there earlier, they, she gets this standing ovation. Um, producers immediately say that like the reaction to it was unprecedented, something that they'd never expected. The YouTube, um, 
of her edition was watched 66 million times within a week. Like I said, the second biggest um, video on YouTube of 2009 was only 37 million. So the fact that she had 66 million within a week, it spread all over the world. It was on news, like front page news everywhere. It was in like the front page of the Washington Post. It was on CNN. It was in Australia, Japan, all over the world. Um, It's also even thinking back back to that time like there was just less avenues for that to happen you know there wasn't tiktok there wasn't uh like even seeing it on it was not it was on live like tv tv it wasn't on on, netflix it was on the front it was on the front page of the washington post i'm going to get to points of how big her impact is it's It's insane but yes it was like Every news outlet was talking about her, about how big the sensation was. And Johnny, you're right. Like YouTube and Twitter were only about like four or five years old. Right. So they were just at the cusp of becoming, or they would just become popular. And so this was arguably like one of the biggest, like the first massive uh, videos for YouTube Um, outside of probably like, just normal music videos because i remember like that's all i used youtube was was to go on and watch like a mm-hmm. Foo fighters video or or charlie bit my finger charlie bit my finger um yeah so like like i said ashton kutcher demi moore they were tweeting about it it was all over the news etc etc um and it, it ended the year as the most watched youtube video um of 2009 and she was everywhere. She continued through the show. There's there's a great interview. Um, <laughs> so after the the audition, um, which aired in April of 2009, um, her first on-camera interview, because the, the way it works, obviously, is they audition months in advance. The show is aired much later, so they go home and hang out during that time, and then they come back later on after all the edition episodes are done and that's when they start doing the live shows. So she's back home in uh, Lothian, uh, just hanging out in her back in her council house. The first on-camera interview she does is with Richard Mooney of the West Lothian Courier, which <laughs> is just incredible because he sounds about five years old and <laughs> uh, is terrified. That's great. Uh, I'll... I'll I'll just play a week up of this. This will this will only be world exclusive. Fifteen minutes, don't worry. <laughs> uh, nah, I'll show thirty seconds of this just to get an idea. Uh, yes, exclusive. Well, Susan Boyle. Boyle. The lighting of this video is just <laughs> top notch. Um, you have a cat. Uh, is it is it Pebbles? Pebbles. Yeah, she's upstairs. Pebbles. But she'll look. I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> she'll look. I'm doing. Um, how, how did she take the news? How did she take it? Yeah. Uh, usual cat lady, no bottom. <laughs> you know, already be pet. So does they bother. <laughs> the hard-hitting questions of uh, West Lothian. Yeah, yeah, it's just incredible. Like, he's obviously... I mean, Chris, you'll know what the, how this works better than us, but, like, he's obviously just been sent down by his boss. It's like, all right, apparently Susan's on TV tonight. Can you just go and ask her, uh, ask her a couple of questions <laughs> about... Uh, for, get a couple of quotes for the paper. And he goes and asks yeah, her. Take a camera. So, uh, take a camera. Right? It's going to go viral. 
How does your cat take it then? Hey. <laughs> it's just incredible. And it's I amazing. I see a lot of cat food, but I don't even see a cat. What's going on here? It's what I love about it as well. So if you go to the West Lothian Courier YouTube channel, they have uh, 12 videos, and <laughs> the most popular one. They're averaging around three to 4,000 views per video, which is pretty good. Most popular one has 43 views, and then the Susan Boyle has 5.4 million views, <laughs> which is just, just amazing. Yeah. I like so, they really followed up that success afterwards with their other <laughs> scoops, obviously. So yeah, Richard Mooney gets the her exclusive first on-camera interview. Ask her how her cat took the news. Uh, and other heart-hitting <laughs> questions. And Where's your fucking cat? <laughs> then, You're freaking me out. This is where she starts getting referred to as Subo and the Hairy Angel, her two nicknames that stick with her, which is just Hairy Angel. It's horrible. Um, she was on Oprah uh, pretty quickly. Uh, there was, a, again, a, a, a what's it called? A... Like no, she didn't go to the Oprah show. What's the word I'm thinking of? It was like a video interview. Video in yes. video interview. Like, Satellite link. Yes. yes. What we're doing right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was old timey video link. Um, where she was interviewed by by Oprah. Jay Leno did a bit on his show where he pretended to be related to her. He dressed up in drag as Susan Boyle <clears throat> and sang "I Dream a Dream." Um, Obama That's was talking about her. Almost almost as offensive as what Michael Barrymore was doing in that clip uh, these days, isn't it? Yeah, it was... I mean, it's just... Because Jay Leno is such a creepy-looking guy as well. It was horrible. Um, she got invited to the correspondence dinner to sing at the correspondence dinner Wow. Um, at the White House, but turned it down because it was just like... she. It was too much for her. It was too early. She didn't feel she was professional enough to do that sort of thing. Um and that let me tell you guys let me tell you guys I've been to the White House correspondence dinner before and 100% of the times I've gone I've got COVID so you know she dodged a bullet is what you're saying yeah, yeah. exactly yeah um, did was did, did was Susan Boyle there when you went uh, no because she she's smart to stay away mm-hmm. she's, I don't know if she ever got COVID continues to boycott the correspondence dinner yeah. I mean, think yeah Anyway, um, and this not this this kind of in frenzy of uh, popularity and press interest grew and grew and grew so much so that like the, all these stories started coming out about her. She just couldn't cope with the pressure, um, and she was, you know was doing relatively well. Uh, she'd been performing pretty well, but she definitely didn't have enough experience with like. Um, dealing with the press and dealing with you know this much attention, um, it got to the extent where the Press Complaints Commission had to step in to remind the the British press, especially with the international press, of the kind of uh, privacy laws around private citizens in Britain. Just say like basically, calm the fuck down, leave her alone. Um, and there was definitely. You know, the, the the producers were trying to, I think, look after her, but also kind of keep it on the down low, like quite how much she was struggling with the attention that she was getting. And so the final comes around uh, and it aired May 30th, 2009 uh, to about 18 million people uh, the li- watch the live show. And she was easily the odds on favorite 
uh, going into the final. And um, in the final, she sang Memories from Cats. And then she came second, as we said, to the dance group Diversity. And this was just a massive, shocking moment for everybody uh, involved in this. Um, There's an excellent clip on one of the documentaries where Pierce... um, Brosnan? uh, Yeah, I wanted to call him Brosnan. Uh, Pierce Morgan. Pierce Morgan says if Susan Boyle... Morgan Freeman. If Susan Boyle doesn't (laughs) win Britain's Got Talent, then I'm a donut. Um, so, you know, it just goes to show how much uh, he knows. So he is a donut for all those who want to know. Um, I do vaguely remember, though, that the public at the time <clears throat> started to kind of turn on her a little bit. Sure. Uh, because she, she was so popular. And <clears throat> and as you alluded to, she was really struggling with interviews and, and stuff. And I think she came across as a little bit um, ratty uh, or short-tempered in some interviews and now obviously that may be partly down to um suffering uh from 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 asperger's or and and yeah i mean look no one can cope with fame like that but i do remember that the press as they are wont to do in britain they build someone up and they knock someone down and they were doing that with her and i think i think the final of britain's got talent is usually just a public vote so i think that's probably why diversity ended up winning it i you're 100% right like the the just this combination so she was famously um very short in interviews and i think it's just again you know she isn't able to really understand social cues that well she gets angry very quickly because of it i think um she's very emotional at times and because of it people kind of saw her as this rags to riches story with this voice of an angel but was then a bit of a dick uh, and a bit angry um, and the press were also treating her like shit as well and so it just kind of was this terrible combination for her um, so then she, when she loses she literally like had a breakdown there's stories of um immediately after uh, coming second uh, that she was running around backstage shouting I hate this show I hate this show Um, she was acting so erratically that the producers of the show phoned the police um, uh, and brought them to her hotel room because they were worried for her own safety Um, and an ambulance came and she got admitted to the Priory um, where she went to just decompress and recover for like three days and priory uh for for non-british ones is like a like a rehab center basically is what it's probably most famous for hmm. yeah yeah but it's where you know it's where you can go and get therapy and uh, you know i think detox and all that type of stuff uh, a lot of celebrities go there um so she goes to the Priory, she spends three days there kind of calming down but like there's all these stories about how she just like th- this immediately after the show i think she just lost it which kind of makes sense like all the pressure had been building and it just explodes inside her um again her fame was so much and her uh the the like how public it was that she had this breakdown that uh gordon brown who was our prime minister at the time apparently phoned simon cowell to check in on her 
<laughs> That's yeah. what he said the next day on like Good Morning Britain or whatever the TV show is called. Of course um, he did. And then he needed to be seen to be doing the right thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Britain. Ca- Britain's Got Talent, as it always does after the final, had a press conference uh, for the winner. And so diversity turned up and they were met with hundreds of journalists, at least 21 film crews, all from around the world, who'd all turned up waiting to speak to Susan Boyle because they all fully <laughs> expected her to win and not this like <laughs> local dance troupe, <laughs> which <laughs> just feels so bad for them. Um, so yeah, she gets out of Priory and then attends the Britain's Got Talent tour. So she starts touring. Like that's kind of part and parcel of like becoming a finalist on the show. Is that what you got to do? Is go into the tour immediately right. afterwards and do these live gigs. Right. And her fame and celebrity just continues to grow, uh, and she continues to become more and more successful. And kind of what I was alluding to earlier, more and more influential and. There's this insane story about July 20, uh, 22nd of July 2009. So just a few months after the final, the White House rescheduled a presidential address that Obama was giving because NBC had an exclusive interview with Subo uh, at the same time and they refused <laughs> to air the Obama press conference. And wow, it, it's absolutely bonkers. So they were like, that's nonsense. It's insane. <laughs> I've read it in multiple places. And I then went and read the press conference. And I think it was the soft launch of Obamacare. Because he's basically talking <laughs> about... So this is like, you know, uh, July 20, 2009, before it's actually passes in Congress. And he's talking about health insurance and how they've got this plan to bring forward health insurance to everybody to make it more affordable, blah, 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 blah. This is my plan for it. And I'm like... He's, an, he's effectively announcing Obamacare and Susan Boyle bumped him off the time that he was going to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Anyway. So. Uh, do you think Obamacare would have been more popular if they'd got her to launch it and they called it Subomocare? Subomocare. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Yes. yes. I think it would have been. Yeah. Um, okay. So November 2009 she releases her debut album um, named I Dreamed a Dream. And it's all the kind of songs that you expect. It's all covers of, um, you know, show tunes, basically. And it's nice. It's good. It's it's not my type of music, but uh, it, you know, really hits home in like 50 to 70-year-old white women around the world. Uh, I think that's its like target audience, but... <laughs> It is fifty. Might be a bit young, Rory. I think it might be. <laughs> yeah, um, add, add, add ten years to both ends. It is the fastest-selling UK debut album of all time. It oh sold over seven hundred thousand copies in the US in its first week. It is the best wow. opening week for a debut album in over a decade. Um, it was one of. Uh, only three albums oh sorry it was one of only two albums to sell over three million copies in the u.s that year um and it is a top selling physical album of that year as well it was only one of taylor swift's album that's slightly beater uh, to being the top album of the year wow um it's pretty amazing it, that's insane it's absolutely <laughs> bonkers like how i and i i think that's what like 
I didn't realize is how popular she was. I knew she was like a viral sensation. The show was popular, blah, blah, blah. But her music is hugely popular as well. The The documentary, uh, I Dreamed a Dream, the Susan Boyle story, was according to America America's TV Guide Network, was the highest rated TV special in history. And that's the one <laughs> that was hosted by Piers Morgan that I was talking about. Oh, I see, right. In a suit, introducing her, she comes on, sings a song, and then they do little bits of clips from the TV show. She's, it, like, it, she just continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. There's notes, like, you go to her website, uh, and there's notes saying things like she was voted the seventh uh, most influential people in Time Magazine, like, Time Magazine's most influential people of the year. She apparently came seventh in 2010. That's on her website and multiple other websites. I couldn't actually find it in the Time Magazine website. The highest I could see her coming is 47th. So 7th would be incredible. 47th is still fucking impressive for like this we it's a great thing. It's a great thing to lie about though, isn't it? I know, right? <laughs> oh, we just dropped the four. No big deal. Uh, yeah. But so she was, according to Time Magazine, the 47th most influential person in the world in 2010. Um pretty good for someone who's basically just singing covers like yes. it's kind of amazing right and this is a kind of like so i listened to a few of her songs and i again it's not my type of music i don't love it um but what i can't reconcile and this is where probably you know our misconceptions of what a singer should look like and what pop singers look like and all that type of stuff but listening to her voice on the records, she sounds way younger. And I know that sounds right. silly, but like it's knowing what she looks like and hearing her voice, I do struggle to reconcile the two. And I know that's really superficial and bad. Um, but I know my under okay, this will tell you how little I've listened to her. My understanding is it's pretty much all covers of sort of songs from musicals and yeah. shows, right? Is that fair? That's, yeah, almost 100%. She right. did, like, I'm about to talk about her Christmas album. Oh. But, uh, yeah, it's all covers. Like, I'm pulling up um, I Dreamed a Dream. I Dreamed a Dream. So I Dreamed a Dream is Wild Horses, Crimea River, um, Daydream Believer. So there's some poppy stuff. Um, oh, okay. Amazing Grace, uh, Silent Night, all that type of stuff. I mean, Wild Horses, that's a stone song, isn't it? It's a great song. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it is. It's Rolling Stones. So, yeah, so she's done... So it's a mixture of, like, show tunes and pop songs and uh, all that sort of stuff. But in her, obviously operatic style is that that's safe to say yeah i think um, so and then november 2010 she releases a christmas album um so her second album it's called the gift uh it's clever um and again it's just covers of very famous christmas songs it's more of a religious bent which makes sense given her background and all that type of stuff um this album again was massive it was number one in the UK and the US at the same time, which doesn't, you know, it's like, okay, that's that's pretty good. It was number one in the UK, number one in the US. There are only two other bands that have been able to achieve that in history. That's the Monkees and the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty wild, isn't it? Did she, 
Did she tour, Rory? I know you said she did the X Factor tour, but did she? Yeah, did she... she does her own tours as well. Um, really? So I just can't imagine who would go to them. But your mum. Then again, I guess I'm not the audience. Like our grand. I don't. I can't see my mum going. No, I know, but like, it's that. It's it's those types of people. <clears throat> um, yeah. So then, 2012. There's a stage musical about her life that was written and starred Elaine C. Smith as Susan Boyle. Um, remember Elaine C. Smith from Ramsey yeah. Nesbitt? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know if international audiences would know her, but Elaine C. Smith's great. Um, the musical, the story, the, the rights to this musical, it did pretty well, got f- fairly decent um, critical acclaim. The rights to it was bought, were bought by Fox, who are still apparently working on a movie of Susan Boyle's life. And for a long, long time, uh, Meryl Streep was attached to play Susan, <laughs> Susan Boyle. Amazing. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, again... I, I think just, they may have missed the opportunity to I do that so. one, to be honest. I think they missed the opportunity. I yeah. doubt it was going to happen. Uh, this was around, like, 2013, 2014. But... Again, I think we just, like, at least I underestimated just how popular she was, the fact that Meryl Streep was going to play her in a movie. 2013, she's in, she makes her acting debut in The Christmas Candle, where I'm not even going to get into what this movie is. It's just one of those cheesy, kind of hallmarky, old-timey. She plays, like, this old-timey wife. It's about a magic candle that, an angel touches and then if you light it like your wish comes true or something i don't really know she sings in it she has an english accent it's not great but it's on amazon prime if you want to watch it so fill yeah, your right, thanks yeah i think cheers <laughs> <laughs> uh then 2018 this is a, this this really depressed me so she she competes in america's got talent champions so I didn't know this existed, but I'm, I, I guess the premise makes complete sense. Like bring all the winners from other things. I assume that's like an all-star season. Yeah. And people were basically like, you're one of the biggest music acts in the world. Why the F are you going on and doing this? Also, you're There's wearing probably some contractual agreement she has with Simon Cowell who just wants she, to make more money out of her. No, she just said that she wanted to win this time. Oh, no. No, don't go back. A lot of all-star seasons in the US, you know, they, they, they come back for the chance to win, you know, yeah. RuPaul, Survivor, a lot of the times. Yeah. Americans she, love all-star seasons. It's one of their favorite genres of shows. It's a bit, it's just, it just all, it's, it seems so Let me guess. to me. She didn't win. She didn't even make it to the top five, John. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yikes. Yeah. I think by 2018, the American public had moved on to, to bigger and better things. That doesn't sound I don't know like the won. American public. Right? Who it's won? Was uh, it a dancing dog? It was, I think it was a dancing dog, yeah. But he yeah, wore a cowboy hat because it was America. Um, patriotic. <laughs> cowboy dog. <laughs> uh, and look, that's... I, I, I mean, that's her life. She, she has a lot of, like, charity work. I mean, I've skipped over so many things because I didn't really want to... Because I don't know enough about her. I didn't really want to dive into her. I just wanted to get about how crazy she was because I've skipped over things like she released six more albums. She sings for the Pope. She sings for the Queen. She sings at the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics. 
the documentary that they did about her, she sings at the final of China's Got Talent, and that was a, had an audience of over half a billion people. Like, it, just this, like, older lady from this tiny little town in Scotland just going on to do this, like, have this incredible career at such a late stage in life, which I think is why everybody was so obsessed with her. She is the epitome of, like, the American dream or, or chasing after your dreams even when you think you've gone, like, you're, you're past it and you're too old to do it. The overnight sensation. And all of that at the same time. So she's estimated worth $20, $40 million. Who really knows because those websites are always a bit ropey. But she's definitely a multimillionaire many times over. She's got multiple platinum albums all this type of stuff, but she still lives in the council house that she grew up in. By the way, just side note, she was beaten by a magician. <laughs> of course she was. A magician won it, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I mean, look, who oh, doesn't dear. have a magician? Uh, turn in You're very popular stage. in Vegas, guys. Don't laugh. Don't um, laugh. They make a lot of money. I think yeah. that's, that is lovely that she... Because I think she bought the house she grew up in right yeah after so she, she bought, got famous she bought right. this house uh she's done some work to it she bought what is commonly referred to as her posh house which was just down the road <laughs> from where she grew up it's a much bigger nicer house and she moved into it for a few months and was like it's too big i don't like it and moved back into her her she still lives there today she still shops it's lovely at all these bands, you know, Zara. her and Biffy Clyro just, you know, sticking yeah. to where they know. It's lovely. They There's one of the later documentaries, they t- they go into the house to check it out, and it's just full of, like, there's a point where there's, uh, like, a platinum album up in the wall, and she's like, oh, this one's nice. This one's um, uh, having sold over 400,000 records in America. And the guy, the cameraman just goes, um, that actually says 4 million. <laughs> oh yes so it does yes four million it's like <laughs> who who is this person it's bananas it's but at least tell me she's got like a fleet of aston martins outside Nothing. or something like that there, there, Nothing. there's points where her so her manager drives her around um and he's constantly like yeah i keep on telling her to like go and spend some money go and do things uh, with your money, but all she does is like she still, like I said, buys her clothes at Zara and M and S. She still got does her local shopping at Tesco. She still lives in her council. She does a lot of charity work, like she's, but she's still a lot of her charity work is her local church and her local community, which is great and it's so admirable. But it's just bananas that she is arguably one of the most famous people. She was in Zoolander too. She was in Zoolander too, guys. <laughs> I think I hadn't really quite in my mind clocked the scale because uh, I was, you know, you sort of talk about her as like an overnight sensation. It's like, yeah, she got really big. Yeah. I hadn't really realized quite how big in such, in the, and how it's the space of time as well. Yeah, yeah. Going from like unknown to that literally in a day is just wild. She, has, she bumped Obama. She has achievements only only uh, she has achievements equivalent to the monkeys and the beetles like it's it's it's, 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 i don't know how one of the things i do like to do not like to do but you know i like to everybody's a human you want to find their flaws 
uh, everybody's messed up in some way, shape, or form. And I think I think this is the only thing that that Susan has messed up. Um, and this is it's from one of her later albums. Um, and I think you guys will be able to put it together pretty quickly. So this is from her album. When 10. I wake up, oh no! Well, I know yeah. I'm gonna be Susan, one level misstep. Or five hundred of them, perhaps. And when I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the one who goes. I like this actually. You know what I mean about her voice? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Doesn't. It's hard to reconcile that voice to that person. I know that sounds really horrible. I don't mind this. Yeah, you like it? I don't like it. Yeah, it's making me quite, you know, weepy. Just <laughs> waiting for the big chorus to kick in. Oh, here we go. Here, Chris. Ah, <laughs> uh, chopping onions. Like it's only got five hundred fifteen lines. That says a lot. Yeah, exactly. And it was one of our newer ones. It's twenty nineteen, but comparatively, yeah, it's pretty. Not it's sure not about that. But has she done any originals? I think she's done at least one. Right. Um. I I just I I don't know if I listened to it. I look. I get if you like that type of music, that's great. Um, I just found they're they're all very samey. Um, I mean, we we went from Biffy Clyro a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about like you don't know what's happening from one second to another in their songs. It chops and changes con- constantly. To booze and soil, which is just like every song is very much like what you just heard. It's the same, you know, rhythm, same sort of intonation, and that's. I, I can imagine it's lovely kind of this is gonna sound cruel, but like elevator music. Like yeah. department Easy store music. music. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Susan Boyle, guys. What are your thoughts? It's uh I um at the first half of what you said, none of it was kind of news to me. Um because remember all remember watching it you know live I, I i i we watched that show uh at the time and i knew how successful she was i i am somewhat surprised at how sustained her success has been mm. um which yeah. i guess is kind of testament to her staying power that she actually wasn't kind of a one trick pony um and i guess has something kind of endearing and enduring about her yeah uh, and which is really impressive when you consider, as you said, that she basically had a breakdown. Yeah, you know the as she was filming the show because of the pressure, and she came back and she, you know, has turned into this mega success. So oh, yeah. it's, and I think it's really admirable then her continuing to do what she did, living in her old council house, mm. um, and clearly being very down to earth and hasn't been got carried away and or anything like that but yeah. uh yeah so uh, i didn't i didn't realize that she was still kind of just that that staying power was still there 
Yeah, it's sort of so interesting where, like, you, you know, you often hear those stories where, particularly with the British press, I think there's often a spiral in celebrity and public culture and they sort of follow them all the way down to the bottom. And actually, she obviously got the help she needed at the time. And I can imagine that must have been a crazy time in someone's life where you go from, you know, living in your family home relatively unknown to worldwide stardom in the space of a day or two. It's just... Must have been, I don't know how anyone can ever be prepared to deal with that. But it is, you know, testament to her. She kind of got through that bit where it was obviously a bit out of control and wasn't dealing with it well and and has stuck to it, which is, you know, really admirable in a lot of ways. And because you sort of always worry with those shows where I think people are often at kind of at the mercy of the of the machine you know it's just yeah. it's the simon cowell machine working and we just churn through them and go on to the next one and actually you know it seems she's kind of found her groove over time and and kept doing it and well you know similarly i'm it's not really music for me but you know testament to her she she's doing it and sticking by what she knows which is great the like every so her first three albums made it number one in the uk her last album made it to number five like that, and that was only so released in 2019 amazing right it's still she's still doing it she's still selling records people still like she's still hugely popular uh-huh. bonkers that's bonkers good for her yeah. I, I agree it's just this we lady from central it's so difficult to crack america as well it's just right. still like ridiculously difficult for british bands to do it considering how international uh well like you guys alluded to, you know, it's so much easier now, I guess, to do it with, um, you know, <clears throat> social media. Mm, yeah. She, she killed it. Yeah. I don't know. She's a bizarre, bizarre type, bizarre moment in time. Agreed. And one of those kind of true rags to riches story, true kind of American dream, overnight success like that i think that's why she sustains is because she ha- she encapsulates so much of that kind of whimsy and she you know has her own struggles and yet she still continues to be very down to earth and very you know humble which is just impressive so yeah on yourself subo um <laughs> all right so with that this will do lads this will do nicely Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and write a quick review on whichever podcasting app you're using. It really does help us out. We'd love to hear from you either via our email, thistledonicelypod at gmail.com, or via facebook.com slash thistledopod, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thistledopod. You can also visit our website, thistledonicelypod.com. All original music in this podcast is written and performed by our very own Johnny Naismith. Please like and subscribe to his YouTube channel and follow him on Instagram at J-A-W underscore K-N-E-E underscore. Love, hugs, and kisses from the Thistle Do Nicely pod. That was, that was more interesting than I was expecting it to be.